This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. One major league soccer owner is leading a $50 million investment. The blurring of the lines between sports team owners and the sports gambling space. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Evan Novi williams Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Heidi O'Neill is president of direct-to-consumer at Nike. Then the race car driver, Elio Castroneves. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Evan Novi-Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And this is a case of just sad timing. We're going to start with the XFL. They have suspended operations because of the coronavirus. And and I feel bad because they were getting people in the stands. This is uh, owned by Vince McMahon. Uh, and it was uh, also the executives, and we've had them on the show, XFL COO Jeffrey Pollock and, of course, Commissioner Oliver Luck. Uh, I feel horrible for these guys. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a, a tough result. You know, as you said, they were on the show recently. We talked to them about their business plan. You know, this is what they had to say about their model. Here's the business plan. Patience. Patience. We, we, we are launching, have, are launching a 100-year brand that already has 20 years of equity built into it. We're in this for the long haul. If you were to ask me what are our measures of success for the first season, I'd say ask me at the end of the first season. So you heard it right there. Patience. You know, they would not commit to whether we were definitely going to see a 2021 season, but they made it clear that they were in this for the long haul you know, obviously no way to foresee that they would only make it five weeks into the season before an, a, a global pandemic essentially ground the entire global sports calendar to a halt. My question for you, Michael, you know, it certainly seems likely, you know, they laid off almost all their staff, they're refunding ticket pr- purchases for, for 2021. seems likely that this XFL is not going to exist next year either. Do you think we've seen the end of, you know, investors putting hundreds of millions of dollars into, you know, spring football or, or, or other professional football leagues? Or do you think, you know, we're just going to keep seeing people try this, you know, year in, year out? Well, it, the American Football League, uh, yeah, you're not going to see something like that. But the XFL, they just ran. I mean, they're in the same boat like every other major sport out there. Bad timing. It's you have no sports. And even if they ran into another problem, even if they could play the game, they probably wouldn't be able to put people in the stands, and that's revenue also. So I, I just I feel horrible for them. They they really thought this out, and it was innovative. And I really thought that this uh, the collaboration with Vince McMahon, I think Alpha Entertainment also. I, I thought this was going to work, and and they just had a bad deal. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that they got doubly unlucky here, right? So not only did the coronavirus mean that the XFL could not play you know, the rest of its season or its playoffs, it also meant that WWE suddenly, you know, kind of went into a financial tailspin. You know, in the past year, WWE stock went from a high of $100 down to $37 right now. You know, easy math there. That's a, that's a 63% jump. Um, a couple weeks ago, Vince McMahon went through, and there's way too much details here for me, but a prepaid variable forward contract. Michael, I'll ask you to explain that one. From what I understand, you know, he freed up a lot of cash, 
right now in exchange for either paying that money back or agreeing to sell shares at a later date. You know, the value of his shares has gone down, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in the last, past few weeks alone, you know. So the XFL not only hit a snag with its own season, it hit a major snag with the money behind, the, you know, the money backstopping the entire enterprise. And it's hard for me actually to fully tell you know, how much of the problems the XFL had is directly related to bucket number one, which is, you know, they couldn't hold their season, or more broadly related to bucket number two, which is that Vince McMahon and WWE are having their own financial troubles, and that really, you know, put pressure on the XFL enterprise. Well, speaking of wrestling and fighting, uh, the UFC, they decided, uh, you know what, <laughs> we're not going to hold it. <laughs> they changed their mind and 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 I think probably for the better. I can't say I'm surprised. It is interesting, you know, if you read the reporting on kind of how this went down after we talked about this last week, it sounds as though ESPN was the one that called, you know, ESPN has, has the the big, you know, multiple big deals with UFC is the one that called Dana White and said, you know, this isn't going to happen, and it sounds like the pressure on ESPN came from the political world. So, you know, California Governor Gavin Newsom, I know Diane Feinstein was out there talking about how she thought this was a bad idea. Um, so kind of interesting to see, you know, the, the, the different levelers that were pulled in different areas of, the, of the, the, the sports and the political world to end up with this result, which is that, you know, UFC's plan of holding multiple pay-per-view events at a, a tribal land site in California uh, is not going to happen, at least not in the near future. Now, and I'm I'm going to take the same uh, approach that I have with the XFL and Dana White, who has uh, also been a, a friend of the program, has been on the show. Listen, you're trying to. The bottom line is you're trying to run a business and you're trying to to hold sporting events. And yes, obviously the the coronavirus it's a horrible thing that's going through the entire world. But I'm just focusing on the sports part of it and the business part of it. It's another deal of bad timing. Absolutely. And there's, you know, if you again, if you look at kind of like XFL, if you look at the ownership structure behind UFC, you kind of get a, a sense of why, you know, it's so imperative for them to, to host hold these events, right? They have a majority of their revenue comes through their ESPN deals. And those deals almost definitely have a kind of minimum amount of events that they need to fulfill for that deal to kick in, right? And so we're already at, you know, a month plus of events being canceled. So UFC is certainly looking at the calendar and thinking how many events when we can put them on again, can we squeeze in to make that deal full? And then secondly, you know, UFC was bought a number of years ago by Endeavor, which is, you know, the former William Morris talent agency and a group of private equity, Silver Lake and KKR. There's a lot of debt on that deal, right? That Endeavor has to pay, you know, debt service on on a, a monthly or quarterly basis. And Endeavor owns a, almost, just a shade over 50% of that. So if because of this, KKR and Silver Lake end up having to buy up more equity, put more money into this company, Endeavor could lose the con control, controlling sh stake that it has in UFC. You know, so obviously, as we as we talk about the sports calendar, every league, you know, every entity is in its own boat. But both both XFL, you know, by virtue of its WWE backing and then UFC by virtue of its Endeavor Silver Lake KKR backing, they're both in kind of unique situations that is really driving the decisions you're seeing publicly right now. And by the way, I want to add something which is uh, an asterisk to this. Uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, former UFC champion, she says. Mm. She 
decided her decision to curtail the WWE career is because of ungrateful fans. Uh, she was a little more stronger language than that, but yeah, she, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, so all of this together is, is just, uh, I'm feeling bad because this is, I saw her, Michael, I saw she stepped in a little bit. She, she was getting backlash for calling WWE and, and, and wrestling in general, fake fights. How do yeah. you, uh, how do you, I know you're kind of a wrestling fan. How do you feel about the, about that? Hey, if you bleed. It's real to me, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you see a UFC fighter and, we see, and the WWE, you see, you see all of that, and you see what they do. And it, if some of it, yes, I know back in the day, wrestling, or back as it was called, wrestling, was on TV. Uh, yeah, some of it was orchestrated. But you know what? It, it, it still blessed their hearts. You know, even the orchestrated, I forgot the guy's name, who would have a chair whacked on his back. I mean, just knock the living day. And that was for real. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, it's, you know, God bless you guys for for doing all of this. And I, I, I know a, a guy who used to be a, a pro wrestler. And that's a tough hustle. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, spe- let's, speaking of tough hustles, the NBA. They're going to wait until May uh, to formally reassess its shutdown due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, That's according to Commissioner Adam Silver. So uh, I guess one of the things that he wants is that he wants a 25-day program for the players to go through before they resume game play, which makes perfect sense because you just can't hop back out on the court if you guys are going to play again. And I still say May might be a little optimistic is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it's funny. I, I think we're kind of going through, we're proceeding in phases through kind of what this sports shutdown looks like. You know, in the way beginning, it was no idea when things are going to resume again. It's way too early to comment. You know, then we hit over the past two weeks, I kind of think we hit this phase where, you know, the moonshot ideas were being bounced around, right? And a lot of ideas, a lot of reporting around, is the NBA going to take out a cruise and, and go hold it on, you know, in the middle of the ocean? Are they going to take over a Las Vegas casino and hotel and just move the entire league there? Now it seems like we may be kind of starting to shift into the next phase that is maybe the more reasonable, the more measured, the more scientific approach to what it actually looks like once a league like the NBA wants to really start to try to hold games again. And you mentioned this 25-day program that is, that is reportedly being, you know, bounced around there in the NBA. To break that down, it would be essentially, you know, because players right now are, you know, they're working out, but they are not in game shape by any means. This 25 days would essentially be an 11-day stretch of individual workouts, which players can do at home while social distancing, to kind of start to rev that engine up. And then ideally, once once the NBA feels like things might be ready, you know, a two-week plan where people get back together. It's like a training camp of sorts for, for resuming either the regular season or jumping right into the playoffs. But again, I mean, to me, you know, the, the tenor of the reporting is changing a bit from, you know, these crazy moonshot ideas now to, okay, as we, you know, look at the science and things maybe start to level out optimistically, maybe it, 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 we can start thinking about when, whether it's June, July, August, September, when we might 
realistically be able to hold events again? And what does that look like for our players who have been essentially sitting at home for the past four weeks? By the way, you want to play horse? <laughs> did you did you watch it i'm curious i, I saw some of this for people who don't know what i'm talking about uh, i think well well now it's like four players are left in the nba horse challenge uh they went through a round where i think uh trey young with the uh, atlanta hawks and uh i think uh, chris paul also got knocked out of the tournament or something like that uh, it, it's it is interesting. I mean, you know, is it's, it? It, it be is. Honest. <laughs> I, I, I know. It's like I, I know when you're thinking like, well, I used to do that in the backyard, but it's like it, it is something. It, listen, when you have nothing, is what's the old uh, Eddie Murphy joke? Uh, when you are hungry and you get a Ritz cracker, that's the best tasting Ritz cracker that you're ever gonna get. And this is what we're going through right now, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but it, you know, it, it is it is something. So for folks who, who aren't fully aware of what we're talking about, you know, the NBA put together with alongside ESPN uh, and the NBPA uh, a horse tournament for players to compete against each other remotely from from each other's you know courts or backyards. Featured some former NBA stars, featured some WNBA stars, Hall of Famers as well, uh, which I thought was a, was a good idea. I didn't watch any of it, you know, full disclosure. The people on Twitter didn't seem to, to love it all that much, but I'm with you, Michael. I, I think that, you know, kudos to all, all the people involved for trying this, right? And if it ends up that not a lot of people liked it, you know, we might not see a horse tournament on ESPN again, but I appreciate kind of the creativity that goes into organizing it, you know, the thought process. And listen, if ESPN tries a bunch of these things, you know, we talked about the NBA players 2K event last week, which continued this weekend, this horse event. If they just try a bunch of these things, eventually they're going to hit something that, you know, a lot of NBA fans say, this was cool. I would watch this again. And then they perhaps have a blueprint for something that is actually going to draw some significant eyeballs during a time when NBA games aren't happening. So horse may not be it, you know, obviously too early to tell fully, but again, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the creativity. And I think, I hope that we're going to see kind of more ideas like this, whether they land or not. I'll tell you who didn't appreciate it. JJ Reddick, you see what he tweeted? <laughs> I he did. Said... I did see that. Yeah. He was <laughs> one of the ones who was very vocal. <laughs> he said, horse could not be worse. I gave it five minutes hard pass. I, I think we'll put that in the no column for, for Mr. Reddick. Yeah. So. Well, that guy's a pure shooter. I'm sure he thinks of horse as a, uh, <laughs> as, this as is, sacrilegious as it is. <laughs> this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Evan Novi williams We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday talking to the biggest names in sports. You are listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world, and online, wherever you get your podcasts.